Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Have a special treat of an episode today. If you live in NWA, you may have seen my friend Brian Sexton jumping into our Tuesday morning growth group. Brian is actually based out of West Virginia and was traveling through and was able to pop in to give a little bit of wisdom to our growth group meeting. Brian also came by for dinner that night and we had to, of course, get the podcast out uh, to record this episode. A little bit about Brian. He is the author of the book, People Buy From People. He has almost 30 years of sales experience and he's also a fellow podcaster hosting the Intentional Encourager podcast. Brian has some of the best sales insights that I've ever heard anyone share. And if you're looking to sell more stuff and have better customers, you're going to love this episode. Before we dive into this episode, let me tell you about one of the amazing businesses that sponsored this podcast. Check this out. We'll be right back soon. You know that feeling at 10 o'clock at night when you finished a long day of work? and you're trying to figure out all the financials of your business, well, the good news is you don't have to be an expert in this space. You gotta just know who is the expert to call. That person is Steve Lay with Equity Business Solutions, and he does business bookkeeping services better than anyone else I know. By not only helping you manage your books, he can also be the expert to help you understand your books. On top of that, he also handles payroll for businesses and really takes the worry and stress of managing all of these things so that you can focus on running your business well. So what are you waiting for? Stop wasting time trying to understand all these elements of your business. Call Steve Lay at Equity Business Solutions and he'll show you the value beyond the numbers. Go to EquityBusinessSolutionsLLC.com to find out more. This is a very special episode for me. Uh, for starters, because we're filming it and recording it in the kitchen of my house. <laughs> and uh, second of all, man, I'm sitting down with my good friend, yeah. Brian Sexton, yeah. who drove all the way to Fayetteville, Arkansas, just to see me. Yeah, I did. And uh, Brian, man, what a what a gift to have you here with me in person no the gift it's it's my seriously this is a gift for me because um i told you before we started recording i didn't mean to interrupt you but you're one of only three people that have an intentional encourager podcast sweatshirt and it's because you were so helpful to me when i got started so man the gift i'm the one getting the gift not you so i mean (laughs) thank you man but i did wear the right color you did you got the razorback red yeah even the right shade which yeah i don't know if you got coached on that uh, or if it's just coincidence. No, my wife but... found this is a, at a Ross's. Okay. She just liked it. So, yeah, yeah, it's the right color. Because we're actually particular. I don't know if you realize uh, yeah, how no. we're a bit insane because our sports teams aren't that good. Well, I feel like it's Christmas because but... I've got my, if you're watching us on video, I have my Marshall Green um, class ring. I went to Marshall University and I kind of feel like Green Lantern. I feel like I should be yeah. lifting a refrigerator <laughs> off the ground. Or so that movie wasn't any better. No, but... I know, right? <laughs> Well, so if if you aren't familiar with Brian, um, Brian not only is a good friend of mine and one of Brian, I think you're one of the most authentic, genuine, best people for people to know. Thank you. Um, Brian has a podcast called the Intentional Encourager Podcast, and also Brian is the author of this book, People Buy from People, and it's a, a beautiful homage to his dad. 
Uh, and if you've listened to the podcast long term, even even short term, you know, there's not a lot of like guru advice here. It's not a lot of like quick hacks, tips, yeah. you know, we're going to you're going to, you know, turn your business upside down and make a million dollars in a week. It's a lot of the tried and true principles that you and I have found to actually be true. Yeah. And in your case, uh, this book's all about the 10 powerful lessons that your dad yeah. has passed on to you. Brian, I've always loved just your um, appreciation for connection yeah. and doing sales the right way. Yeah. Well, I knew when I was coming down here to Fayetteville, I, I was like, man, I've got to, I've got to meet up with you somehow. And, and I think I sent you a text a couple of weeks ago and I said, hey, I'm, I'm coming down. Let's get together. And uh, you opened up your home to me, which is an incredible treat. I mean, this is. This is, it's incredible, Blake, because when I, and I travel a lot for work, I don't get a lot of times where I can spend time with people I care about, friends mm-hmm. and things like that. And for, you know, to, for us to be doing this is just absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Well, you're very generous because uh, I harassed Brian. I said, hey, you know, we got to record an episode. <laughs> And I didn't even wait for a yes. I was like, we got to do this. And he was like, uh, okay, yeah, let's do it. But Well, the, and, and here's the thing, too. So the next time I come to town, w- w- I'm going to flip the script and we're going to have Blake on the intentional crap, which you, I think you've been on as much as anybody that I've. So we, we I had you on very, uh, you're episode two, I think, two or three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, towards the start. Really early. And then you came back on when people buy from people came out mm-hmm. because you were one of the endorsers. Right. We did a whole thing on that. Right. And then we did a a beautiful episode, which is, was still probably one of my favorites. So I have probably my top five. Um, and Blake, I love every every guest. Just it, it, it just they they grace me with their presence. It's easily in my top five. So number one for me was having last year at the time the oldest surviving congressional medal of honor recipient wow and um it was woody williams and he passed away about two months ago oh man he was You're just short of, of 99 last, yeah last. i probably have the last recorded yeah um, interview that he did and we sat down for an hour at the bank that my wife works at in the little town that woody lived in and we just he told me the story of 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 being in the battle of Iwo Jima and shooting flamethrowers to yeah. that's how he was awarded the, the, the medal, the congressional medal of honor. And then how he, and it's funny. He told me, he said, I want to honor those families that people forget. They, they, you know, we honor our military. We don't honor the families that make the sacrifice. So that was, but, but the episode we did with you and Lila Smith, Kristen Sherry, and Lori Knudsen, that that was easily one yeah. of my favorites. And we called it the Avengers episode because <laughs> it was it was incredible to me. One because you all were friends, and I still, and Lila, if you're watching this, you have yet to come on the Intentional Courage podcast. <laughs> you need to come on, Lila. The- you've been invited a second time on this show too. Yes, and I think maybe Lila, Lila's, we Lila, love Lila. Lila, we, we, we love Lila. This yes. is for Lila. Um, so Lila. 
Lila runs a business called Say Things Better. Um, if you've ever found she's yourself, incredible, she's yeah, absolutely. If, incredible. if you've ever found yourself wishing you could say things better, and I don't mean just like even just in your day to day, I mean communicating with your staff, communicating about your brands. Um, she's absolutely the person you need to talk to. Yeah. But um, I feel like Lila has just she's probably a cut above us now. Like maybe, yeah. maybe she's out of our league. Well, so um, is Kristen. Kristen yeah. is, <laughs> and, and Lori are the, the amazing friends. Kristen is, is, uh, she's kind of the mama bear to all of us. And, and Kristen is just, um, she's, she's got her new book coming out, ready, set coach. I mean, mm-hmm. with her mom and that's, that's incredible. So, but that was one of my favorite episodes, just sitting down with, people that you that you love and care about and that's what's so powerful about this let me tell you about the story of meeting Kristen for the first time i don't remember if i've told you this before but so Kristen, so i was i had started my business i was new on linkedin i had like 80 followers or connections Um, now you've got eighty thousand, but it's okay no. (laughs) (laughs) no um but i remember someone i was trying to post actively and someone um reached out to me and said hey i i've just noticed you getting more active yeah here's a list of like the people who are also very active it might be a good idea to connect with them and I thought that was, you know, and the person didn't ask for anything, didn't sell, sell me anything, was just like, hey, here you go. You might find this useful. So I went down a list of like 200 people and because um, that was the list. Yeah. And I sent each and every single one of them a personal uh, connection and a message. That's and it, brilliant. And, and it was Blake. important to me not to do yeah. a copy paste. Yeah. Or even what we, you know, for you guys who are on social media, we, we all sort of cringe at like the um, love what you're doing. Let's connect. And then it, it it's immediately followed up with like, you know, the sales pitch yeah, or what have you. Exactly. So it was important to me not to do that. And I wanted to, so for every single person I sent a message to, they got a personal message that I wrote. And then every single person got um, a reference to something that they had written or published. So someone publishes something about like management Hey, I love the article you wrote on management. I love this part. And I did that for 200 people. Yeah. Um, and almost all of them accepted the connection, uh, accepted the connection. Um, Kristen though responded and was like, Hey, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what's, what do you do for a living? Yeah. And started like a very intentional conversation. She was the only one out of everybody. Everyone that else doesn't surprise and, and, me. And not in like a rude way to anyone else. But everyone else was like, oh, yeah, thanks. Sure, we can we can connect. Yeah. But Kristen, well, hey, tell me about yourself. Like, what's going on? Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's so And then that led to her coming on the podcast and then her being like, hey, this was so special. I have someone else. Uh, um, uh, Lila was one of them. Yeah. You were one of them. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, the chain reaction of um, – really Kristen being intentional and being very kind. Well, and and here's the thing, Blake, and I've said this, I said this and people buy from people and I say it again, people buy connection before they ever make a transaction. And, you know, for businesses and things like that, people like yourself, it, it is, there's a lot of times that we feel like the transaction should come before the connection. Yeah, right. And not the other way around. And like yeah, you've hired me for something. And right. So now, 100%. Now 100%. to like even like keep yeah. you or do well with you, I'm supposed to nurture this relationship. Yeah, 100%. And and that's the thing is is that connection human beings were designed by God to connect. Because the reason we were created was God desired someone that he could connect with. 
that had a free will. And not to get preachy or evangelistic here, but that's why connection between people is so special. Mm -hmm. That's why when I walked in the door of your house, man, I gave you a hug because I was just so grateful right. to to have to call you a friend, right? To have that connection. And I will be forever bullish on the power of connection. Mm. I got halfway through writing this book. I might have shared this with you, but I'm going to share it with you again. Halfway through writing this book, I thought it was going to be a sales book, sharing my knowledge about sales. Mm -hmm. What my dad was teaching me was there's nothing more important than you'll ever do in life than connect with people. Mm. And, and I think for me in my life, Blake, that was the ultimate piece of good advice that my dad ever gave me. Yeah. It's, I mean, even I think all of us coming out of COVID and this pandemic, you know, I feel like there was sort of like this um, honeymoon period of like, like, oh, like we're all like locked away in our pajamas in our house. Like, this is kind of cool <laughs> for like maybe a couple I was of rocking hoodies and, and joggers, <laughs> man. That's, that's my go-to. That was my go-to COVID. Well, I had a, I had a baby at the exact time. So, I mean, I was, you know, in a fever dream of no sleep, but <laughs> Um, here's what's interesting though. I've been there, man. I've been there. <laughs> you know, I think, I think everyone, I feel like as we were coming out of it, people were like, oh, it's cool. Like I binge watch Netflix and I, you know, gained 15 pounds. But I think what I'm seeing more and more of is people realizing like, man, there was something really lost during that yeah. time. And it was, but that what we gained was Cobra Kai. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but what we no, really gained no spoilers was, for our listeners, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Um, but no, we, we, we really lost this intentionality this human connection yeah and 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 here's and hear me correctly guys um because we talk a lot on the show about uh effective management strong leadership i'm not saying that you you can't be a remote employee and have connection i'm not saying that um you can't have a remote team and not have meaningful connection but i will say that it's it's almost like we've forgotten how to get back into that rhythm or that habit. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you if you well you're such a great connector, maybe you don't have this problem, but I know for me I've found myself more and more um really like over um harassing people yeah. that I want to sit down with of like, "Hey, let's get coffee." Okay, well, when? How about this day? Well, how about that day? Uh and I have felt this um you know, not to paint myself as like the obnoxious person, like let's hang out. But well, I did I, that with you. That's why. That's why we're <laughs> sitting in your living room, going, "I'm going to be in Arkansas." So, but you you need people to do that. Though. Yeah, like I, I feel like there are the people who are are waiting to be connected with. And yeah. there's connectors, and and for me, it, it's not necessarily good, bad, or or anything. But I just think about the value of of just of your day to day. I'll take being a connector anytime. Well, but here's the thing. we So this right here has dumbed down what people think about connections and how people connect. Because what they'll right. do is they'll go connect, mm -hmm. add friend on Facebook, mm -hmm. things like that. And what you were saying about the 200 people that you reached out to, that is powerful, Blake, because you're connecting with people now the way we connected with people in sales 25 plus years ago. You talk to them. Mm -hmm. What I used to do as a sales rep in the food business was I would go into a customer for the first time. I had a sales manager that told me 25 plus years ago, he said, Brian, always have a reason for stopping by. And so the, the food company that I worked for, we were B2B. 
And so I would just say, hey, you know what? The reason I stopped in today was I wanted to meet you, the guy that owns this Mm. this restaurant. Or if he wasn't there, I'd say, hey, here's my card. I just stopped in to meet that person. You not believe how many doors open by me just simply saying, I just came to meet you. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not here to sell you anything. Obviously, you know from my card who my company is. Mm-hmm. Now you know from meeting me who I am. I just wanted to meet you. And I'd say, hey, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. If you've got time, I'd like to sit down with you. I'd like to find out a little bit more about your business. Mm-hmm. That, for me, changed the way I connected with people. But the problem is we don't feel like we can connect with people. Here, I'll give you a perfect example. I love my 22-year-old son with all of my heart. It'd be 22 in September. We were talking one day, and he was the little girl he was dating, and I said, so what are we going to do? And he's like, well, let me DM her. Let me let me send her a snap. Well, just call her. Yeah. <laughs> just call her. We don't do that. Yeah, anymore. no. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk on the Sorry, I've been talking too loud. He doesn't <laughs> like to talk on the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, how do you think all those times that I was traveling, I was dating your mom, mm-hmm. how do you think I stayed connected to her? And for me, now, you saw before we started recording, I use the Duo app on my Android phone so that I can see my family and they can see right. me and that's how we stay connected. But Blake, we don't we don't do the simple things anymore. Mm-hmm. It connects us. So if you're if you're a leader, are you intentionally connecting with every person on your team? Right. If you're a business owner, are you not only connecting with your employees, but how are you connecting with your customers, mm-hmm. especially people that buy from you again and again and again? Right. And so the connection part of it is we've got to get past the technological ways. And in some instances, and in a lot of instances, we've got to go back to the, we've got to actually regress instead of progress. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. I and I, I, yeah. and I even have a question for you. I, I, w- what's the answer for people? Because I was thinking about even what you were talking about. We're very transactional. People oh, in general are very transactional. Yeah, I mean, I think about, you know, you tag someone on LinkedIn. You're A lot of times you're tagging so that they'll see it. Their network will see it. Well, yeah, you want to kind of move the algorithm along yeah, and things or, like that. Or, yeah. you know, popping into someone's store, you know, you're 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 thinking transactionally. Like, can I, how yeah. can I make the sale? Um, even with um, employees, I think about the boss. And I, I think a lot of us have had this boss before who every time they pop into your cubicle and your office, whatever – you immediately know the ask is coming. And and even, even when there's sort of like the genuine, I would even say disingenuous, Hey, how are you? How's the You're you're thinking right along with me. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, let's, you know, I know what you're, I know you're getting to the point. Like, you know, I need you to come in on Thursday or whatever. So what's with the resistance on people getting past transactional and actually making, I don't know if it's patience. I don't know what it is, but like you, for example, you're willing to you're willing to take a sale and extend it out over a month, two months, what have you, yeah. because you know the value of the relationship with that customer. You know, you know the value of, hey, I want to learn about your business. I want to slow roll this versus someone who maybe doesn't 
Like, wh- like what, what keeps us from really appreciating? That? I'm going to give you a, a weird analogy. We've treated sales a lot of times like we're ladies of the night. So let, let's, let's be real. A lot of times in sales, we become hookers. <laughs> we, we've just Sorry, said, I didn't know. I didn't know no. the, the metaphor. <laughs> well, that's what they used to call them years yeah, ago. You're showing see, your age. See, you know? I just I mean, turned 50 a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. So, and I don't mean to be, be crass or anything like that, but yeah. we really have, we've, we have turned sales into a one night stand. Right. It's, yes. it's, it's yes. love them and leave them. Let's get right. paid and let's move on to the next. Yeah, churn and burn for sure. Exactly. And, and Same it, with staffing too, by the way. Exactly. And so right. what we've done is we've said, how can I make them feel good for the moment so that I can get paid and I can move on to the next conquest? Right. And and it's not that and, – and what people are tired of, Blake, is they're tired of the one-night stands and sales. They want to know that people genuinely care and are connecting mm-hmm. to them to understand – Understand me as a buyer. Understand mm-hmm. what's important to me. How how can you help me get what I want out of this transaction? A lot of times we have taken that part out of it. Zig Ziglar said one of my favorite Zig Ziglar quotes. You can have everything in life you want if you'll simply help enough people get what they want. Mm, and, I, and I've told Tom Ziegler, his son, my friend, I said, Tom, it's one of my favorite quotes your dad has ever said because mm. it's so true. And Blake, it doesn't have to be about sales. Think about folks that you've worked with. If you help your employees get what they want, you can have what you want. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of times the the boss-employee relationship is strained because the employee says, well, I'm working my guts out, and here the boss is heading to the lake with his family on the right. weekend or her family on the weekend, and here I am busting my 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 butt to to make this happen so they can have all this stuff right? instead of the the boss or the, the, the owner of the business saying, how can I share mm-hmm. – the success with my employees mm-hmm. and w- what we've done in sales is we don't share enough. Mm-hmm. We don't share. Hey, listen, you know what? Because you, every sale is made because the customer makes a conscious choice to do business with you. They make it, they make a conscious choice to do business. You were telling me about a restaurant here in Fayetteville. You've made a conscious choice to tell your friends about this restaurant because you believe in what they do. You believe in their mission. You believe in their product. What if you are a business owner and customers made a conscious choice to tell people about you? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what every business owner wants? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what every salesperson wants? But we've not made it easy for folks to do that. We've not given them enough wonderful buying experiences that they are happy to tell people make a conscious choice Mm -hmm. intentional Mm -hmm. choice to tell people how great your business is and i I think for those of you guys who were listening i i can only imagine everyone listening is like yes i want that for my business and and here's what i'll share for our, our listeners today is is understanding that it's really not that challenging to have that 
it's really not that challenging yeah. since, like conceptually yeah like i i don't have to take like a math course to like or go to school and get another degree to like really understand what yeah you're, it's, you're, you're not selling the pythagorean theorem yeah right right yeah thanks for the math <laughs> yeah. comment there <laughs> yeah well no I, I i was told there would be no math <laughs> <laughs> well um what i think about here here's what i've really realized is you know, talking about the one night stand versus really being willing to nurture the relationship. Yeah. What I have found is that everyone says they want that nurtured relationship, but very few people are actually willing to do it. I right. think about, uh, I can't remember I've told you the story before, but a manager, we were talking about investing in his people and he looked at me like I was insane and said back my advice back to me. Yeah. He said, so you're telling me every morning I should like pop into each person's desk and just say, Hey, for the heck of it. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I just don't get it. You know, it's, forgive me for interrupting. I was talking to a guy in my church one Sunday and he was getting ready to take a, a a step up a leadership position. And I said, Danny, can I give you a piece of advice? He said, yeah. Now, whether he wanted to hear it or he's just being nice. I said, take five minutes a week. And tell every person on your team what you value most about them. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you got 10 people, every two weeks, you need to take that person one-on-one and tell them what you value about them. Mm-hmm. Because, Blake, what, what, what has happened is that we've blurred the lines between appreciation and value. When there is actually yeah. a vast difference between appreciation and value. And, and I talk about... In in the book, tokens, knickknacks, things like that. You know, you you walk into a buyer's office, and you'll see the trophies on the wall. Or, uh, I had a customer years ago. Um, it was a pizza franchise, and my friend had all you know the marlin that he caught on a deep sea fishing trip, the golf stuff that he'd had. Those were important to Tom. And so I would I would ask him about that. But here's what's going to happen, Blake. You give this. You give your employee. Um, I'll use my sunglasses for you. I have a pair of Oakley sunglasses. Hey, I'm going to give you a pair of Oakley sunglasses. At some point, these are going to break. Right. They're going to be worthless at some point. But we say, hey, you know what? I did something good for you because I gave you a, a nice pair of sunglasses. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, you know what? Here's what I value. Mm-hmm. about you mm-hmm. you've given them so much more because that value you imparted to them will stay in the memory banks of their mind for as long as they're with you mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden people are like okay this is what they value about me now all of a sudden what you've done is you've given them internal steroids so every time that you tell them what you value most about them you continue to build them up to where they're like, this is how he feels about me. Mm-hmm. This is what, and I was talking to a friend of mine a little while ago. He used to be my boss. We've been friends now. 13. He hadn't been my boss for 10 years. I told him, I said, Brian, this is what I value about every conversation we have. I wanted him to understand because value encourages people. Mm -hmm. If I tell you what I value about you, Blake, it encourages you because people want to be noticed. They want to know they're doing a great job and that somebody gets it. And so um, 
I would call what you were talking about with the cubicle, I call that the hit and run. <laughs> well, what I love is like the, um, I had a boss who would always, it was almost like he would try to say, Hey, how are you as fast as possible to get to, so be like, Hey, how are you? Great. Uh, so here's what I need. Like he would already be saying like, Oh, great. That's great. Good to know. Like before you'd even answer. Um, cause it was like, you know, in his mind, it was like, that's, it's like the pleasantries you get out of the way before you actually do the ask. And so, I love this concept of showing value, by the way. And I think it's not just verbal. I think it's also, you know, your willingness to listen to your team, your willingness to, uh, for, for your customers, get feedback. Could you imagine trying to win your spouse that way? Oh, yeah, with the... <laughs> could you imagine... The run? Yeah. I mean, you, it's people try. It's the flowers, right? Right. I mean, could you... Like, well, speed I'll just, I'll just buy the some ultimate, chocolate and Yeah, the ultimate and, speed dating. Yeah. But could you imagine <laughs> trying to win your spouse? Right. Could you imagine trying to win your sweet wife that way? We we think that, oh, well, she knows. I, my grandparents used to do that. I used to hear stories about my grandparents, Sexton. And, um, you know, my grandma would say, oh, I love you, Virgil. Would, you know, tell me, you know, would you tell? I show you I love you by going out to work every day. I'd love to go back in time and look my granddad in the eye and go, listen, dude, you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, but you don't get it. Yeah. And then go up to my sweet grandmother who I never met. And I would give her a kiss on the cheek and say, grandma, I love you. I love you. I'd look her in the eye, tell her I love her. I don't think she ever really, from what I gather from that story, I don't think she really ever felt value for my mm-hmm. granddad. Yeah. Wow. You know, I, I show you, I love you by going out and working every day. Well, okay. Under that concept, we show our customers that we love them by opening our doors every day. Aren't we wonderful people? <laughs> well, that's, I think that's the, the insight that I cling to a lot of times is it's so funny to me how many times I talk to business owners who are either at like my Tuesday morning events or we're just having conversations. And I say, so why do people buy from you? Like, why, why are you the answer? And nine times out of 10, I hear, Oh, we have great customer service. And I'm like, this has now become a cliche of like, Oh yeah, we're, we we're doing, you know, we're God's gift to, whatever customer needs this. But what I have found is very few of those people actually are being intentional. Yeah. You know, they're actually, they're, they're actually like, I think about a woman who we were talking about her insurance business and she was like, how can I really scale this thing? And I said, well, you know, my biggest complaint about insurance and sorry for our listeners who sell insurance. My biggest complaint about people who do insurance is it's so transactional that you only hear from your insurance agent once a year when it's exactly. time to like re-up. It's like, exactly. hey, everything's good, great, whatever. And and don't misunderstand me, guys. I'm not talking about um, you need to harass like you're showing up at their house every day. But here's what I told her. I said, hey, you need to write thank you cards to your yeah. to your customers. You know, and and not not the uh, not the ones that you get in the mail that are like pre-printed. Yeah. But like a handwritten uh, hey, thanks, thanks for your business. I really and something personal to them. And here's what's interesting, though. She was like, oh, I love that idea. I saw her a couple months later, and I said, hey, so how did it go? Oh, I just, I never got around to it. Yeah. And that's our relationships, too. So I was, I mean, go- well, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So I was Googling. I, I'm really getting a lot about words and the definitions of words. We give really great customer service. And forgive me for interrupting you. You know the word service. It's the action of helping or doing work for someone. Now, 
the the synonyms for service. So what if we put the synonym into the definition? Well, one of the synonyms of service is kindness. So let's put that in the sentence. The action of kindness or or kindness or doing kindness for someone. Mm-hmm. We think it's about a smile or a you know, well, I said thank you. Right. It's kindness. It's assistance. Mm-hmm. It's help, aid. Here's the verb part of that. Perform routine maintenance or repair work, such as on a vehicle or machine. So what if we did routine maintenance on how we were actually performing? So what if we took the verb? Mm-hmm. And applied it with the noun with it. So here's what I'm talking about. What if we, with our customers, performed routine maintenance in how we are kind or do work for them? Mm -hmm. What if we just kind of took the, what if we just said, and I said this in people buy from people. What if we just said, thank you just because, Yeah. what if we just said, thank you. And we just said, Hey, the only reason I'm calling you today, Mr. Customer, is I just want to say thank you for your business. Yeah. And wouldn't you think that would light people up, Blake? And you would stand out because you'd be one of the few people calling, not asking for something. Yeah. Because here's what usually happens. Hey, I just want to thank you for doing business. Okay, yeah. And I want to tell you about this new offering. Like, that's what people often do. It's what, oh, they, yeah. it's what we expect. Yeah. And it's why I love the thank you card idea so much. It's why I love what you just said is because when you are genuine and intentional with no strings attached, you stand out. Yeah. So you know what the word intentional means? No. Deliberate. Yeah. Done on purpose. Yes. And so again, everything we should do, everything we do in life should be intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't want to spoil this, you guys, but but Blake cooked us a a fabulous (laughs) dinner. You did that intentionally. You went to the store and picked out what we were going to have. You were intentional about preparing it. I wanted to bless you. It was important. Oh, man. It was important to me. You know, you're on the road. And, you know, not that you are, you know, I don't know. I don't know what your accommodations are like. His carrot recipe is unbelievably (laughs) good. I'm not a big carrot fan. I'm wonderful. No, no. But for real, though, I just, I just, I just kind of thought about, okay, Brian, a man, a guy that I really love. Um, doing amazing work on the road, probably tired, hasn't been in his bed. You know, there's nothing like your own bed. Um, I don't know, man. I get a king size <laughs> bed in these hotel rooms. I'm okay. like, yeah, you know, but. Yeah. Well, we got it. We got a king size. You got to upgrade. Yeah, it's, it's, I know. We're splurging on, but you know, your own shower, like having your own stuff, it kind of wears on you over time. And so I just thought, man, I really want, I want Brian to be, um, just just showered with uh, so what if we felt know. that way about our customers yeah what if we what if we said to our customers no one is going to out bless our customers our competitors are not going to over appreciate overvalue our customers i would say mm-hmm. we are going to value our customers better than anybody else does. And here's how we're going to show them value. It's not, hey, here's a here's a discount if you pay your bill early. Right. Here here is this or that. You show your customers you value them 
by continuing to give them things that are going to help their business. Give them things that are going to take them from good to great. Yeah. Give them things and just give them things without any expectation of in return. What keeps us from doing that? The cost. We every we we put a cost to everything. I had a sales manager one time that told me, and never forgot this. He said, Brian, you've always got to be prepared to replace your best customer. Okay, so you then you begin to think, okay, well, who's coming after my best customer? If your competition's smart, you come after their best customer. I did. When I worked for a competitor, I went back and called on the best customer I had when I worked for the, the other company. And I almost took them, but he was an incredibly loyal. Boy, that made my competition mad. I mean, the guy that I was really good friends with that had that account, I don't think he spoke to me for a couple of years just because he was really ticked off at me. But how do we do it? We just continue to give our customers things that help them succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a simple concept of life is I did not expect you to cook the meal that you did, man. It was phenomenal. And it's like, so when you give of yourself, there's something humbling about when that person says, hey, I just wanted to do this for you. It humbles you. And you're just like, man, oh, man, you think and you think that much of me. I'm that important to you that you would give me this. Yes. And if you left us tomorrow. Nothing would change. Mm, See, we, we've become an inconsistent society. Yeah, that's powerful. We don't treat people with consistency. And we say, well, to your point about transactional, we say, well, as long as you do business with us, you'll right. get X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Well, you know what? You should give them X, Y, and Z if they don't do business with you. Mm-hmm. Because again, they're going to remember that. It's going to stick with them in the mind and go, wait a minute, I'm buying from white, you know, the, the I noticed the white door there. I'm buying from white door company and, and the guys from Razorback Red come in every week. They don't ask us to for anything. Then they just give us great ideas. Mm-hmm. Maybe at some point we should be buying from Razorback Red. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. me think of a friend of mine who um, worked, I mean, gave like his heart and soul for a business for probably six or seven years. And he he just quit, um, has a new baby, first kid, and was kind of like, man, I feel like I don't really know my son. Like, I want to, I think I want to be yeah. a stay-at-home dad. Um, wife has a great job, and they're just in a position where he's able to yeah. do that. And this job was running him ragged. I mean, 78 hours, 80-hour weeks. So he's given his heart and soul to this company. Yeah. And when he turned in his resignation and said, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go be a stay at home dad, he didn't get accolades or that's so yeah. great, or uh he got thrown through the ringer, um, threatened to get fired. I mean, um it was it was such a sad story that I remember talking to him saying, you know, it's you can always know what a company really th- thinks of their employees when you say you're quitting. Yeah. Cause I contrast that with another business called field agent. It's a local business. Um, one of the owners, Rick West, he's been on the podcast. They talk about their employees as alumni. Yeah. And it's like this implicit, uh, you know, Hey, 
whenever you move on, like you're still part of the family. You know, we want to, that's all awesome. we want to help you as you move yeah. on. And I've, I've just noticed that very few people have that mentality that you're talking about. It's like, as soon as the official relationship is, is severed, you're basically, you know, I'm so, not going to waste any more time. Well, yeah. So a couple of things. So I remember I, I worked for a, a large food company. I just won salesperson of the year three weeks before then and had an opportunity to go back to, to my old company and to a guy I really loved and respected. I mentioned him in the book. His name's Harry Dennery. And I walked into the president's office and he said, you know, once you hand me your resignation letter, that's it. There's no going back. Okay. And that that's fine. Fast forward 14 years late, almost 14 years later, I had a similar situation where I had to make a decision because I was traveling three nights a week. My son was starting high school and I remember getting a phone call from my wife. I was in Richmond, Virginia. And she goes, Bryce made the high school basketball team. And at that point, I was like, this is a great job, but I got to be a dad first. Sure. You've got to remember why you're in business. You've got to remember why you do what you do. You, you, you know why I do what I do? And we, we were talking about this over dinner. I don't really want to be away from my family. I don't want to get up early in the mornings and, and hit airplanes and things like that. But my why is... My wife and son are depending on the income that I can generate so we can keep a roof over our head. Right. You know, so I can go buy Razorback Red golf shirts. <laughs> you know. And 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 it's it's that deep. You know what the difference is, Blake, between our generation and the and the World War II generation, the baby boomer generation, people, folks like that. So we had a shift in our, our country. The, the folks that were born from probably 1920, let's say, to 1940, okay? There's been a fundamental shift in the generation before the baby boomers, our, our grandparents, so to speak. This would be our great-grandparents, my wife's grandfather. They had a deep, deep sense of responsibility. Mm. Whenever... Yeah. Whenever our country went to World War II, and now that's been 80 years ago, and these young men maybe were, were had young families, they were in their early, late teens, early 20s, they went to war because they said, our country needs us. They opened businesses. They did whatever they had to do to provide for their families. You know, you see the famous picture of the early... Uh, like 1920s or something like that of these guys, they're, they're building the Empire State Building and these guys are hanging over, putting up scaffolding and, and they're, they're working hundreds of stories in the air and they're just sitting up there eating sandwiches and things like that. (laughs) And it's the deep sense of responsibility they felt. But the problem is we want to remove responsibility and accountability from what we do because if a customer leaves us, it's like, oh, well, they're lost. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, why didn't we do more? Why didn't we? Right. We we have abdicated accountability. Right. Well, and I, abdication means we resigned it. We've, we've, yeah. we've just said, I'm going to walk away. 
from responsibility. I mean, I think I think ultimately, at the end of the day, for for many of us, we're in business for ourselves, not really the customer mm-hmm. we're serving. And so, when that person ends their contract with us, doesn't renew, doesn't buy from us, what have you, it's easy for us to sort of shelter back and say, um, "Ah, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't care about him anyway." Or I remember there's one guy who was going bankrupt. I mean, literally, all of his customers were leaving, and. Um, we were talking about a recent customer who had left them and he's like, oh yeah, well, they weren't my customer anyway. And I was like, yes, they were. They were literally your customer yeah. and now they're not anymore. But I've just realized that it's so rare that we remember who we're in business for. This applies to leadership, applies to sales. Yeah. You know, hopefully you have that sense of responsibility. I mean, I know I do. I have a social media person who's helping me with my business. I'm I'm thinking about her well-being. Yeah. I'm realizing that I have a responsibility. Now I'm not the only responsibility. And for you guys who are listening who are thinking, well, you know, they have their own they have their own personal responsibility. You're right. But I know I have a responsibility to her. You have a responsibility to your employees. You have a responsibility to your customer, and the sooner we embrace that, I mean, that could just totally transform how business is done. Well, you you talk about taking care of the people that are taking care of you. Our mutual friend, Damon Burton is an incredible example of that. And, and I, I've seen that in Damon. Um, you know, he, he understands the, the internal customer, if you will, the, the importance of the people that are helping make your, your ship stay afloat. Mm -hmm. But here's what we've done in business. Okay. What if you said to your wife, you said, I will keep my vows as long as you live here or as long as you continue to do the things that will will make our marriage go. Then as you know, as long as you do your part, I'll keep my vows. There wouldn't be a lot of marriages that would last. But here's the problem. We've forgotten what our vows are to our customers. Mm -hmm. We've forgotten that we took, we promised them that when they bought from us, that we would have timely delivery. We promised them that we would have consistency in pricing. We would have a lot of the things that made them, quote unquote, fall in love with us. Mm -hmm. The thing that connected them. But we forget our vows a lot of times as business people and we say, eh, maybe I can leave my laundry in the floor mm-hmm. sometimes. As and, and I'm saying that metaphorically. Right. Ah, maybe they won't notice that we've creeped up the price a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, maybe- well, and there's a lot of bad advice out there of people right. who are who are saying to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I and again, I'm not saying you know, selling price. But what I'm saying is we'll slack on our vows to our customers because in essence, when we're asking them to give us real American dollars for whatever we provide to them, we're saying we promise you that we're going to do this for you in exchange for the return of of capital in the form of revenue back into our business. And we've, listen, I've been married almost 26 years. There is not any woman in this world that I am willing to throw my marriage away for. And and you're like, well, that was a hard right term, Brian. We should not ever be willing to compromise our personal values 
nor our business values for any customer. But we also have to remember that when we ask them to make a commitment to us, we've got to honor what we say we're going to do and be people of our word. And we've just said, I will let that slide. I will let that slide. You know, they're not going to know about it. This and that. We've got to be business people of integrity and character first and foremost, because that really connects to people. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of a customer I had, and there, I've, been, I've had customers in the past where like the cost was higher than I realized, and I've had to go back and say, "Hey, would you, here's what's happening. You know, would would it be okay if uh, if the the bill was this much instead of this much, or if not, let's scale it. Let's change the scale a little, a little bit." But I did have one customer I remember who they had a very firm budget. Um, we said, yep, let's make it happen. And then when I got in and started doing the work, I realized this was going to be money out of my pocket. And there was a temptation to quit or to underdeliver or, you know, were they even going to know? But I remember thinking, no, I need to give them the good advice experience yeah. that I owe them. And as much as it sucks to not make the money that I thought I was making, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, what would happen if we proactively gave a customer a refund in that situation and say, hey, by the way, you didn't know this, but we realized Mm -hmm. we made an error. Mm -hmm. I've gotten those pleasant surprises before. And to me, it solidifies, Blake, here's the thing that I'll say. We have forgotten a lot of times how we buy ourselves. Okay, and that's why I say people buy connection before they ever make a transaction is because we connect things that we need and want immediately. Um, I'll use my cell phone as an example. I had to buy, and I put this little thing on the back of my Cincinnati Bengals there because I'm traveling a lot. I want to say, oh, I have a Samsung phone. It's like, no, if I lose my phone, I'm like, yeah, it's got a big B on the back of it. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Okay. We forget how we buy ourselves. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for instance, I go and I look at that cell phone. I'm like, I like that. It's a nice big screen. First piece of connection. Okay. Well, obviously, I like the store that I'm walking into to buy this. Second piece of connection. Okay. What's it cost? I can do that third piece of connection. Mm -hmm. You connect at every point along the way. When that connection is broken, that's when the sale is broken. Okay. But what salespeople don't realize is buyers connect to product delivery feature this, and it's boom, 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 boom. But without any of the connection, you'll never get from start to finish. But we don't forget, we forget that in the sales process. We're like, oh, yeah, well, I should just show up and throw up. I should just tell them about all the great things that we do and how wonderful we are. Right. I just put out a podcast episode uh, just this last week called, uh, and I changed the name so many times, so I'm actually going to butcher what the name was. But it's basically stop saying this one word in your opening, and the word is we. Because so many people, they start their sales pitch with, Hey, we we are we're good advice. We've yeah. been in business for this many years. We're awesome. Instead of really thinking about the customer, that reminds me of a story. Um, I I am, for better or worse, 
because of the way I was raised, and they're terrible this year, I have been a diehard Cincinnati Reds baseball fan <laughs> growing up three hours from Cincinnati. And so I remember their Hall of Fame broadcaster told a story, Blake. He said, Marty Brenneman's his name. Marty said he walked in the clubhouse. He was in his second year of broadcasting. He walked in the clubhouse after a big win. He said, man, boy, we played a great game tonight. And one of the pitchers looked at him and said, how many guys did you strike out? Hmm. How many hits did you get tonight? And he said, from that moment on, I took it out of my vocabulary. Mm. He said, we is the most offensive word in the English language. Mm. And and you're right. Customer look probably will look at him and go, well, you know, if you're a restaurant, well, how many covers did you do tonight? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, how many hours did you work today mm-hmm. inside this business? Mm-hmm. We can replace the word we with together you know together blake our company has helped a lot of customers just like you mm-hmm. now you're starting to build connection right together this is how our company delivers services so we can take the word we out you're right you're 100 mm-hmm. percent right but it's and i've said this before a lot of times salespeople sit across a table like you and I are, okay? So my perspective is looking at your neighbor's house. Your perspective is your living room. Right. We don't have the same perspective. Right. But if we were sitting side by side looking that way, right? we could see your kitchen. My dirty kitchen, right? We'd see the same thing. (laughs) No, not at all. We would see the same thing. Salespeople tried to pull customers in instead of putting their arm around them and walking side by side. Because when we walk side by side, we see the same thing. Mm -hmm. I see it from your perspective. You see it from my perspective. Instead of saying, we have to pull the customer in. No, you know what happens when you try to pull somebody in? It's like playing tug of war. They're going to resist. Or they might even dig their heels and go, I don't want to be pulled in. Right. You right. know, that would be like, how, you know, it's like, uh, I, I'm thinking of that movie. Um, oh, man, I just drew a blank. Michael Clark Duncan, Tom Hanks. Um, he's on death row. Um, Green Mile? Green Mile, thank you. Yeah. I'm like, why can't I think of this? Because <laughs> I'm getting old. Do you ever think a guy getting ready to go to death row is is skipping down the hallways? I mean, there are times I kind of have to drag him. Mm-hmm or her to the, to the electric chair. And we don't do that as much anymore, but, but nobody's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's just let me, let me, let me lead the sprint. Yeah. Well, I think of the person, the salesperson that came to my door and I I told him from the get go, I wasn't interested. I mean, kids screaming in the background Mm -hmm. and he he just would not, he would not accept. No, I, I just, I'm sure there was a, a sales boss who pulled him aside, young guy and was like, you know, do not take no for an answer. But I remember thinking like, you cannot, you can't outwill me into the sale. Like you can't force me into the sale uh, to the point where I got, it got uh, not hostile. Like I wasn't rude to the guy, but I was kind of like, I was deliberate. And I was like, Hey, I'll be honest. I, I'm I'm literally not going to buy this. Um, and I feel like I've said that a few times now. And he was like, okay, here's my car to change your mind. 
but he was he was doing what you're talking about of trying to pull me in uh, when I was thinking, you know, digging my heels in. Being what's well, like, a scripted you know, pitch, right? You know, and you know, listen, it, it's um, a scripted pitch. I don't know why you'd ever do it. First, the first thing I would have told this kid to do, my piece of good advice for him is be like, listen, go quit immediately and just sell stuff on the internet. Uh-huh. You know, go go flip products like you know my friend Joe Hart does and and uh, Zach Altmeyer and guys like mm-hmm. that. Just go start a flipping business on the internet because you're going to be way more successful doing that than walking door to door and trying to convince people to buy a product that nobody wants. Right. And you're walking on the you're walking onto their turf. So what you're basically doing is you're walking onto their turf, and you're basically. Um, can I say this word? You're defecating in the front lawn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, you know, I tried to be as way, nice. I tried to be the as, analogy I use is you're going in for the kiss as you're meeting them. Like it's the first date. Yeah. And like, it's not even like the night. At, it's not even like the, at the end of the date where you've wined and dined them, but like you literally are like awkwardly. My wife didn't hands. kiss me the first date. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, not that anyone's, but then again, I showed up like I, I showed up looking like Vince Gill's little brother. I had a blue sport <laughs> coat on, a white banded collar shirt. And she a was vest. rethinking some things, but yeah, well, we won yeah. her over. But my point is, though, imagine imagine how creepy and weird it would have been. Oh, hundred percent. As you're meeting your wife, well, on the first date, there's the awkward handshake or maybe a hug and hi, and you go in for the kiss. That is what we do in the sales world on a day to day basis. It's Hey, how are you? Hey, let me tell you about this. And it's like, whoa. It's like, well, dude. here, let me give you one better than that. It's not only that, but it'd be like, hey, you know what? You look like you use a foot rub. Let me just do that. <laughs> let me just, let me just, let me just do that. Here's what I like about yeah. what you just said, though. Here's what I also like is when someone is trying to sell me something and I'm thinking, you literally don't even know me. Yeah. Because I think about the foot rub, I'm thinking like, you don't even know if I need that, want that. I don't know you. Well, it's kind of the lady yeah. of the night thing that I was yeah. talking about a few right. minutes ago. It's like, there are people out there that only exist in sales world to satisfy their own urges. Right. And 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 we think about that and we think, oh, well, you know, some people might think of that as normal behavior. They might right. say, well, of course. You know, but a lot of people would go, no, mm-hmm. you don't know where that person's been and, and things like that. And, and and it's, and it's about, again, it's about, mm-hmm. do I want, do I want a relationship for a night or do right. I want a relationship for a lifetime? And, right. and yeah. And, and sometimes you have to date quite a few people. Let me go here for just a second. Yeah, we're running out of time also. Yeah. Well, I could, up, I could talk for 10 hours. <laughs> Coming up on an hour. Um, okay, but let me let me go here for just a second. And you've been, again, thank you for your generosity. You're generous of your time. We feel like in our society, and I, I am I'm an unashamed Christian. I'm, I, I believe you should not do things before you get married. But in our society... It's almost like if you hook up with your girlfriend or something like that, it's like, well, I, I told her I love her. We should hook up. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, you should not do that. There are some things that are reserved for that that vow, that commitment, that deep commitment. Marriage is a deep commitment. You know that. Mm-hmm. 
I know that. That is saying, I am going to be faithful to you no matter what in sickness and health when the kids keep us up all night. When we got to take our baby to the emergency room, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. And and a lot of times people think relationships and, and again, transactional relationships are just, well, I'm here to satisfy something. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. You're not going to find deep commitment unless you're willing to make deep commitment. And our customers are looking for for people to help them that are willing to make the deep commitment, Blake. And, and we've just taken sales and we've gone, we're going to put it on the superficial level mm-hmm. instead of the, listen, I wear wedding band for a reason. I love my wife. Right. I'm committed to her. She gave me this as a symbol and a token of our love. I'm not going to disrespect that. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get to that point as salespeople. We've got to remember the deep commitment that we make to our customers every single day. Yeah, Dale Dupree has a great bit uh, on servant leadership and not just how we've typically thought of it, but you know, you have a deep obligation to serve your customers, yeah. like to lay your life down for them. And I, I think this is kind of a, for some of us, this is kind of a crazy concept. It's like, it's business, right? Yeah. Like why, why are you using phrasing like that? Um, but, but the point is, when we go back to that word you use, which was deliberate, yeah. And when you're deliberate with your customers, and we're not even talking about, um, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's times we've been talking for an hour. We have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's times and places when, you know, I have those customers who it's their kid's birthday and I'm going to send them something. Uh, but I have other customers who they don't want that kind of relationship and that's fine. And we're not even talking, saying you have to have that with every customer. But what I do know is those customers, the way they see me is I can count on Blake. I can rely on Blake. There's a deep trust that's there and that doesn't come overnight. It comes through that deliberateness. And when I have to make a big investment, I'm going to Blake. Exactly. Exactly. When the, the, when, are when, the rub, when the rubber meets the road, right. because here's the thing. And Dave Ramsey says this all the time. You, you know, why people use credit cards is because there's no emotional attachment. You don't feel it. You put it on your credit card. Oh, whatever. Yeah. He said, when you use cash, you feel it. True. Yeah. And so those are the people that talk about deep commitment. Those are the people that say, when I have to make a major cash outlay in my business, who am I going to trust that's not going to take the most valuable asset? Your most valuable asset, people come and go. Mm-hmm. You should treat people well to where they stay. But if you're not generating revenue, guess what? It doesn't matter who shows up. You can't pay them. Mm-hmm. Can't keep the lights on. Right. So revenue is your most important asset you have in your business. But if I'm going to give my revenue things that I put my blood, sweat, and tears on the line for, I got to know you're going to protect right. what I've worked for. Right. And you're going to treat it with respect. Yeah. Great words, Brian. Man, what a gift to have you. Oh, man. Here tonight uh, in my home. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Who would have thought it? Uh, again, and speaking guys, of Dale Dupree, yeah, he wrote the forward. That's right. That. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if, if you've been listening to this episode, you've made it to the end of this hour. Um, and you haven't fallen asleep. Yeah, credit to you for your stamina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're thinking like, man, I, I, the way I do sales, I resonate with these concepts. Yeah. I want to tell you, you got to check out Brian's book, People Buy From People. It's available on Amazon. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing piece of respect to your father 
And like I said, it's um, incredible lessons that's going to totally transform how you do business. So, Brian, it's such an honor having you here tonight. I so appreciate you. And I wish you well on hey, your I love you, man. travels. You are, of you course, are man. absolutely yeah. the best. Effortless. You do this so effortlessly. <laughs> well, that camera's dead, so I don't know how effortless it went. But yeah. what I will say is um, if you're listening to the podcast, you're a first-time listener, what the heck are you waiting on? Click the subscribe button. Click the follow button. You keep following me wherever you are. And if you listen to the podcast and you're thinking, you know what? I like I like this. I like this kind of stuff. I want to support the podcast. Uh, you can, actually. You can go to our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash goodadvice. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee, you can support the podcast. And for those of you that do, I want to tell you thank you for helping keep this vision of good advice alive. And having said that, that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later.